0: Hello there, I'm Tony Gow, and you are listening to We Are West Ham podcast. We
1: are back. It is another week and another edition of We Are West Ham. Me, Charlie Hawkins, joined by the main men in town, the two captains, Will Pugh and James Jones and we have a massive show for you tonight. We've come out the blocks with this one because we know things are getting ready. Football maybe now on the horizon, June the first, the next phase. Could we see the season concluded once for, for once and for all? And to maybe talk about that, we have gone the extra mile tonight. That extra distance because heavyweight guest is in town. James and Will Pugh have pulled it out of the bag Yes, again. We had the big TC on, we had Dean Ashton on, we had Bianca Westwood. They've all delivered because tonight it is another Tony in town. The Sheriff is here, Tony Gale, to talk to us about his take on the season so far, David Moyes, and what he wants to see this season. So it is a very special show. We're going to talk about all the competitions we're running, your reviews, keeping us at it, the main designs, and of course, the West Ham Mystery Rogue Players Quiz with things heating up. The scores are tied. It's going to be colossal tonight. But before we get into that and how excited we all are that Tony is here with us, let's take it to the boys and find out how they are. We'll, let's kick it off with you. Firstly, how are you? And secondly, Tony on the show.
2: Yeah, yeah I'm doing all right. Thanks, mate. Um, pretty good. A decent week. Not as not as busy a week as, as Jonesy has had, although we normally go into him about his hair. His hair is actually looking pretty good today. He's given it a bit of a blow dry. But um, yeah, Jonesy interviewing West Ham icons left, right and centre during the week. Um, so in comparison, Charlie, mine has been fairly quiet, but still, uh, still healthy as ever and still rollerblade into my heart's content. So all good.
1: Yeah, I was going to maybe just go slowly glance over it because I thought James was getting a bit big time. Is he leaving us, Will? He's, he's got the West Ham heavyweights, you know, numbers away, texts away, and I'm sure he's got a WhatsApp group. We're certainly not in it because there's a lot more volume in James's hair, and there's a lot more stature in him now. He's growing from week to week. He needs it, James. How are you, family? Well, and are you leaving us? Are you getting too big for your boots?
3: Evening, chaps. Uh, I'm not leaving you. I couldn't leave you two. Um, definitely Fact. not. But it has been a it has been a, a pretty pretty mad week or two for me at work. Um, opportunity to speak to Shaun White, Phillips, um, Carlton Cole. Uh, a hero of every, everyone associated with West Ham. Uh, obviously, the guests here. And then at uh, the weekend, I had the uh, the pleasure of having a nice chat on Sunday evening with Jermaine Defoe for work. And that interview was published earlier today. Um, and he gave some really good insights into what happened with him at West Ham. Obviously, he's come out to he regrets leaving the club. But um, he revealed the reasons behind those three red cards that no one ever seems to ask him about. So I asked him about it. And ruthless uh, so, yeah.
2: journalism, ruthless yeah. journalism.
3: Yeah, I've always wondered what, why isn't no one asking about those three red cards? Because everyone accuses him of doing it. getting sent off deliberately to force a move. And turns out he just thought he, he was being targeted by referees and opposing players because of because he was in the in the headlines. So uh, definitely go over to footballfancast.com to read that uh, shameless plug there from me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> other than that, it's been it's been a good week. Uh, I'm good. Family's good. My hair's good. Uh, so yeah, I feel great. Oh,
2: great, Charlie. I'm. I'm sure you're thinking exactly the same as me. Um, hearing all those those big names, big massive name drops that Jonesy's pulled out there, mm. two of them particularly with massive West Ham links. I'm sure you're thinking, when will they be on the We Are West Ham podcast? Exactly. Well. I will ask Carlton eventually.
3: Um, Carlton
1: first name terms will. Friends.
3: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a WhatsApp friends. group with with Carlton <laughs> Sean Mike, and and Shaun Phillips, which is. Um, I thought it was
1: what, just SWP to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah Well, you know, um, right. so yeah, That's,
3: that, that's quite <laughs> strange, but um, I'm also trying to get a, a chat with Ian Wright through SWP. Um, so. Yeah, I mean I would ask Colton, but it was a bit unprofessional for me to given I was talking to him on a work basis. Exactly. and Jermaine like, Defoe is difficult like, because he's still playing, so Rangers won't won't really let him speak to me at the moment.
2: You've got to lay the foundations, Jonesy, haven't you? It's excellent work.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm i I'm calling them, I'm I'm taking taking texts from them and all that. So I'm just sort of, you know, getting there and then I'll uh, I'll drop the bomb when when it's ready.
2: Just think though, some somewhere someone, Sean Wright Phillips, Jermaine Defoe and Carlton Cole, are telling their friends and family, you know who I spoke to the last week? Only James Jones. What, Obviously, from the Wheel yeah. West Stand podcast? Yeah, that's him. No way. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
3: So, what, you um,
1: mean the one with the curtains? Oh, I like that one. You spoke to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> what I think more worrying or concerning, Will, is the fact that it was the nonchalant way that James just went, yeah, spoke to Colton, spoke to Jermaine. Just nothing, you know, just wore off a duck's back.
2: That's the sort of big time, big time Charlie's you're dealing with now, Charlie, to be honest.
1: <laughs> it's
3: it is quite difficult though, because me and my mates have got a West End WhatsApp group called Colt and Carl because we all love him. Uh, and you it's say mates, Cole.
1: me and Will aren't in that group, so what do you <laughs> no, mean me and my, I mean, my mates? Not, I,
3: can, I can get you both in there, but <laughs> at
1: one oh, point. You can
3: get membership, we know someone. Yeah, of course, yeah. But at one point, Side by side in my WhatsApp, I had Colton Cole with all my pals in there talking about West Ham, and then the Colton Cole. And I was like, I've I got to make sure I don't accidentally send Colton Cole some really rubbish banner with my pals. <laughs> and it was, it was, I was, it almost gave me sleepless nights, just worried that I'd send him something really bad.
1: All right. Well, away from mine and Will's jealousy of James, it's just because secretly we're very jealous you're speaking to legends and we're at home just texting each other. We did run a competition. We had loads of people and uh, Will done his best presenting to say who was the winner. But please, Will, remind us of that winner.
2: Yeah, so this was a competition we ran last week, Charlie, with Your Eleven. So what we're trying to, obviously me and James are keeping the show going during lockdown as we agreed to do right at the beginning. and, And we're loving it, still enjoying it, especially with all the guests. But we thought we'd try and give a little bit more back. To the listeners, we do appreciate everyone who tunes in every week and downloads the pod, gets their questions in. So we thought we'd run a few competitions, try and get a few giveaways as well. And Terry May, West Ham fan from Kent, won the first We Are West Ham competition last week, which was the bespoke Your 11 print. So those Your 11 prints are still available. Uh, You can head over to at your underscore 11 on Twitter. It's any teams. You can pick your own players or you can buy the West Ham Cult 11 which has got McClosco, Repcar, Decanio, all the names that you expect to see. or So they're available to order now. But, so there's a new one this week with Snugsy. Now, Snugsy can provide you, they are really bizarre, Charlie, I'll be honest. They're excellent, an absolute excellent gift. But you basically send a photo in to Snugsy and they superimpose your face onto a, what I can only describe as a half doll and half cushion uh, it's we've got a full West Ham kit on, all replica, all agreed with the uh, club and all that sort of things. And your face goes on, a, would say, a cushion-sized doll in a full West Ham kit. And uh, mm. they're, they're really good things. So that's really cool. We're running them. That's with Snugsy this week. So once again, head over to Twitter where you'll be able to enter over the next week or so. But congratulations, Terry. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, hopefully we can carry on with these a uh, few more fun, exciting giveaways.
1: Well, congratulations to Terry May. It's how easy it is you enter on Twitter. You can win one of these brilliant prizes. Thanks for everyone who is getting in touch with us. And weirdly, this was a little bit, there's a little bit of a theme here with Snugsy. We do have a connection because that was, the same prize that James sent to seduce Colton and Jermaine in SWP. So it could be you, couldn't it, Will?
2: <laughs> That's it. That's the thing. It, I mean, some people think it's a little bit peculiar, sending fo- or sending dolls with other people's faces on it through their letterbox, but James will do anything for the interview, Charlie, so he's not that sort of bloke.
1: <laughs> a man after our own heart. Well, you are getting in touch, not just in the competitions. We've had some brilliant reviews and some brilliant emails. Uh, James, we can't go through them all, but we did just want to actually reach out and say thank you for the people because we do rely on it. And maybe we say it every week, as silly as it sounds, but we are genuinely uh, grateful for it.
3: Yeah, of course we are. I mean, it's great that we, we those reviews seem to be sort of coming in quite thick and fast, given that you know we were a little bit worried when we agreed to continue the show sort of during this lockdown that you know this this like, listenership might drop a little bit and. Uh, we might, obviously, we're not on the radio anymore, so we're kind of doing this off our own back in our spare time. And but it seems like it's had the opposite effect by keeping it going. We're giving people some some great content to continue listening to, and hopefully, we can continue doing that. And you know, thanks to everyone that have taken their taken time out of their day to give us a, a, a rating uh, and, and leave us and leaving us a review as well on whatever platform they're listening on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we made a joke last week, I said about my burner account, Will, but that guy actually tweeted and, and proved it wasn't my burner can.
2: Yeah, no, that was it. Was actually a real person, E A D W X T fifty four. Yeah, it turns out it wasn't you, Charlie. Unless you create another burner account to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to fool us again. But with Steve Hunt has been in touch this week over the email. We are West Ham Pod at gmail.com. Uh, Steve's a, a regular listener. Gets in touch every now and then on Twitter as well. And just again, really uh, nice words. Just. To letting us know how he is saying he enjoyed the Dean Ashton podcast and uh, and of course the Tony Cotty one so we've been we've been chatting to a few of our listeners over the email which is nice just to see how everyone's getting on at the moment so uh just a shout out to Steve as well
1: well uh like Steve he enjoyed those episodes with those great guests Tony Gale is coming up in a few minutes time and before we get to Tony let's look at a couple of those headlines and maybe actually we can put some of them to Tony but maybe one of the biggest headlines in the last few days. Mark Noble wants to be, once he does retire, director of football at West Ham. We know how heavily linked he is with the club. Eric runs through his veins. Obviously, would ideally like to stand at the club. Maybe not a surprising news, but James, you kick it off. What did you make of it? I
3: mean, the club's crying out for a director of football, a proper one. Um, we We all kind of half expect Mark to... To stay at the club beyond beyond his playing days, and you know, I can't imagine he'll ever leave the club in whatever capacity it is. And you know, if if he can go upstairs and maybe sort of play a, a positive and active role in the club's recruitment moving forward, because we need someone to have a positive effect on that side of the club. It's been poor for too many years now. Um, so if he can have an effect on that, then then fantastic. And he knows the club more than anyone inside that club at the moment. So he will kind of know the sort of the personalities and, and the types of players that would fit in at West Ham United. So I don't think it's it's the worst idea. Um, I, I'm not too sure whether I'd prefer someone with a little bit more experience in that in that department. But, you know, even if he's just got some kind of say in it, I, I think it might be a good thing.
2: Yeah, I think what, what I found interesting was he he pointed to Slef and Bilic's time in charge. He said, you know what, whilst I understand why people think, oh, you, you can go and be the manager straight away... I've been at this club for so long, and I saw firsthand with Slaven Bilic how, um, you know, how when he was in charge, he he was a fan's favourite from his playing days, and then. But I saw when the fans were on him, it really got to him. It was like he was devastated to be the manager, and it really affected him. I don't know if that's necessarily something that Mark Noble wants, and he, he sort of said mm. in his, his comments in the week on Sky that that perhaps it's not really for him, but I agree with what James, you said, I think with the, you'd hope perhaps he needed a bit more experience on the negotiation side of things. That's obviously not an area that he's been involved in before, but you could certainly see him working with the recruitment department first. There's no reason why he couldn't build up to that. But um, yeah, I think it interesting. And I do understand why he hasn't just jumped on the, oh Yeah. I'd love to be manager one day
1: bandwagon. Yeah, it's a really interesting path for a player, especially someone who's so heavily, you know, linked with the club. Because if you are a manager, and most fans want it continuing, you could ruin that legacy. But director of football, you still can. But you maybe have slightly more longevity, and you're behind the scenes, and you could stay there for perhaps a lot longer. Maybe not as much pressure, just slightly away from the scenes. Just quickly before we get uh, Tony Gallon, on, brilliant even to be able to say that. Let's quickly talk about maybe the main. Headline, Because although this is a football pod, we know what's going on around the world at the minute, the current pandemic. We have had some news, maybe sport coming back to us, the Premier League, maybe even coming back and sport coming back June the earliest, if the scientific data allows it. So June uh, the 12th, maybe is when we will see football again. But teams are opposed to the neutral venues. Will, what are you making of this latest development?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I've made clear, Charlie, how I feel about the whole thing. I still feel it's a little bit crass and more players, Tyrone Mings, Raheem Sterling and Danny Rose with the strongest comments come out this week. Danny Rose saying, you know, I don't give an F about the nation's morale. There's still hundreds of people dying and that should be more important. And I still do fall slightly on that side of the on that side of the fence at the moment, to be honest. But yeah, the government guidelines it was this week, wasn't it? and basically, given the green light, the football will be back at in, in some stage. but you see Brighton having three players diagnosed with um, coronavirus again, uh, if that happens midway through this supposed season that we end up playing i I just think it's going to make a bit of a a bit of a farce of it but the the points per game uh, situation as well I've seen a few different things on Twitter this week um, I think I did a bit of digging and West Ham. Only get relegated if it's the weighted points per game system. We'd come 18th. I think we'd lose out by 0.18 of a point or something. But if it's just the standard points per game rather than weighted, uh, we finish 16th. And if it's what's called a split campaign, which is where results against only the teams around you, are taken into consideration, then we also stay up. And I think we finish um, about 13th or 14th under that. So, yeah, still on that side of the fence, Charlie. But, um, you know, time will tell, won't it?
1: And James, what what did you make of that latest development?
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they've... I mean, I'm with Will in that, you know, I think it's still very, very premature to even be considering coming back, I know the government have relaxed some lockdown rules um, but we're still in the early stages of that so to the fact that within two or three weeks we could be seeing professional football being played, albeit behind closed doors um, it, I think is a little bit too premature but I'm glad that you know, it's been come out today that you know they, they've scrapped the idea of, of playing at neutral venues, that was my big concern I said it last week, didn't, didn't like the idea of it so at least that they scrapped that but I, I still think it's premature
1: yeah, very premature. It's an interesting one. We always wait to see how it plays out. We're waiting for that data. But we're gonna ask our special guest, and it is Tony Gal, for his thoughts on that very subject matter next. <laughs> Welcome back to We Are West Ham. We've we've all got a little bit excited because we've promised you a heavyweight guest, a very special guest. We've been teasing it throughout the whole of the show and he has finally joined us. It is the man, the legend, our hero, Tony Gal. Thank you for joining us once again on We Are West Ham. Tony, before we get into every one of your anecdotes and talk about West Ham at a minute. Firstly, in this current time, we're all annoyed, we're all frustrated, we're all bored. But how are you keeping you in the family? Everyone well?
0: Yeah, it's all right. I've murdered a lot of them. Yeah, I ain't got any family <laughs> left. Yeah. Wrangled <laughs> two. Yeah. Uh, no, we're doing all right. Doing all right, to be honest. It, it's just, just so boring. I mean, everybody's got the same problem. We're all in the same boat. Um, thanks for the heavyweight mention, but I'm the only one who's actually lost weight in this lockdown. I've done a stone and a half. Can't believe it. Tony, of stone and a off.
1: How is that possible? I've been, I think I've put a stone and a half on, hence why I'm not allowing any of you to see me. All I've been doing is eating and watching TV and haven't moved.
0: <laughs> uh, well, the thing is with me, because I've got such a, you know, what I do the, obviously out with the football and everything, eating all the crap and obviously do a lot of the evenings with, out on the circuits and doing all that sort of stuff. It's all eating and drinking, isn't it? Particularly the drink, but I must admit I don't like drinking at home. Get me outside the door, I'm all right, but I'm not an indoors drinker. So, uh, yeah, the weights uh, fell off a little bit. A little bit more to go and I'll be down to uh, being able to get me trousers when I get back, yeah.
2: Tony, now that, that, um, that's a lovely little segue into uh, into my first question for you this evening. Now, last week we had Tony Cotty on. First of all, thanks very much for Tony for carrying on the refer a friend scheme. Bianca referred him and uh, Tony's passed it on to you. So, thanks very much to Tony for that. Now, when I, we will do listener questions at the end, but when I put them out last week for Tony Cotty, we had a, you know, I had a, a load come in, obviously, and I said to a few of my friends and family, and all I got was, ah, Tony's mum Tony's used to live with our great aunt, and oh, my granddad used to do his accounts. Now, we had a few of these, and the first question I had in for listeners' questions was from one of my mates from Southwood and Ferrars, and he said, do you remember... Uh, or Ask Tony if he remembers when William Pugh, so me, gave him, bought him a Jaeger bomb in the Whalebone in Southwood and Ferrars so he'd have a picture with <laughs> us about seven years ago. <laughs> so there's uh, links all over the, whale the place.
0: Bone, yeah. I, see, actually, yeah, the I whale remember bone actually, the Whalebone. Whalebone was a good little boozer, wasn't it? I used to go in there for Sunday, Sunday lunch. That's it. Because uh, my, my missus couldn't cook. We used to go in there all the time. Yeah, I used to love a little walk around there. We've moved uh, down to Billerickie now, but uh, I love Southwoodham. Southwoodham has done that's, it, yeah. done, that's all Woodham had there, wasn't it? There. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's the, the only uh, highlight of the whole town. But yeah, I don't think, um, to be honest, I think you dealt with it remarkably well when a, a football team full of about 12 West Ham fans who probably had a couple of beers already staggered over to you and, uh, and interrupted that, your lunch. So uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was our thing. But just quickly, with the, with the, to move it on to the footy, with the current situation, and it's a, it's a question everyone's getting asked and luckily things are changing day to day. The latest is obviously the government guidelines suggesting that uh, football will, you know, in long and short of it, will be able to come back. No fans, but behind closed doors. The Premier League aiming for June the 12th. What, how do you see it at the moment? Uh,
0: I think it will be lucky to start on June the 12th. Um, like everyone else I really haven't got any clue But I think a lot of it's going to lay in the hands of the players and Their desire of whether they want to play or not uh, Whether they want to go back to work Whether they feel safe I, miss, I must admit if I was a player now I would want to go back to work You I would, would? I would think Yes, I, I definitely would You know, I've been weighing up Everything that's going on And people that are all You know, with the government saying Go back to work if you can now Lots of people going back to work and there'll be more to follow next month and the month after. You know, the boys have been doing their private training. Obviously, they've been speaking to quite a few lads all doing their private training. Now they're going into small groups. And then up from that, they'll need a couple of weeks of pattern of play and teamwork. But it was interesting, some of the stats that come out, that you only come into distance with a player if... Uh, I, think, I can't remember the times of it in a game. It was probably been less for me because I never used to get near anyone. I just used to read the game, let them have a bad touch and nick the ball off them. So, uh, no, but it was amazing that the amount of time that you do and don't come into contact with players. But I would want to get back now. I must admit, I would want to get back. And I think for this, not just for the sake of the players, but for the sake of football as well. Because, you know, I go down a bit of a way because I've got a non-league club, which I'm chairman of. And I'm really fearing for football in the lower leagues and non-league in particular.
2: So what do you make of, you didn't make much of Danny Rose's comments and obviously Lanzini's uh, was last week saying he he thinks it's bizarre to come back before a vaccine. Danny Rose going one step further saying he doesn't give a, you used a stronger word than stuff, but I don't give a stuff about the nation's morale. It's absolutely balmy. Do you you sort of understand where players are coming from or do you you not really buy into that?
0: Yeah, I do. I do understand it and I do understand their fears, but then I'm not, in that category, I would want to go back myself and I think there'll be a lot of players coming back and I don't think, you know, for someone to say, oh how can you even talk about football? No, we're talking about livelihoods. We're talking about everybody going back to work. It's not football, it's everyone going back to work. So let's get get that straight. It's not just footballers, it's everyone going back to work, of which footballers are part of that as well. So I thought that they weren't out of order because that's Danny's opinions. But I think it was saying until we get a vaccine, that's taking it too far, boys. We heard Boris on the telly last night saying there might not ever be a vaccine. But the players now will get the treatment that the general public will just simply not have no access at all. They have the best medical care you could even think of. They'll be tested uh, once every two days uh, for everything. There's going to be kind of lab centres set up all over training grounds and playing pitches. They're going to make it really. I won't say. 100% safe, and I wouldn't like to say it case someone did fall ill or something horrible happened, but that could happen anywhere in life. Let's just think about it anywhere in life, you know. And let's talk about saving our game at the moment, and not just saving players, saving football clubs, because football clubs could be really struggling here. I'm talking about Premier League clubs as well.
3: Tony, you mentioned non-league there a minute ago, um, and you know my local. Team is Bournemouth. See so them in the in the National League, and their chairman Danny Hunter came out with a, a statement recently saying that it's mad that there's even thought of football going on. But he needs support from, you know, the the leagues, uh, but also you know some of the bigger clubs. And what what role does the Premier League, with all the money, and have in trying to keep as many clubs afloat down there? Because with all that money up there, it does seem a little bit unfair that. Some, although Premier League clubs are still going to be in trouble, that is going to be a little bit sort of top-heavy in the, in the football pyramid. Yeah, it is going to be.
0: It, and it is going to be until contracts are sorted out. The next round of contracts for players, if you've got a, you've got five years on your contract as a Premier League player now. You're sitting pretty. If you've got one year left, then you're thinking about, what's my next contract going to be? Because it's not going to be anywhere near, unless you're sure. a world-class player, of course anywhere near the contracts they're getting now. your point about coming down the leagues with the money yeah without a doubt it should be funnelling down question is is there a care of duty between the Premier League and the Championship and the EFL clubs and then funnelling down we're one league below your local side we're in level 3 I do believe they're Conference South aren't they? Uh,
3: or National team. League
0: yeah National League though, we're two yeah. below that actually yeah sorry So we're two below that, so it is a struggle. And if we're playing behind closed doors, we're finished, because that's all the money we get, all our Mm -hmm. revenue, your bar money, things like that. So we really, actually, social distancing watching our team would be quite easy, because there's hardly anyone there. You can have a stand each, I think, you know, it's one of them. (laughs) But there should be, there should be a way of that money coming down, you're exactly right. But at the moment, there's a lot of people, you know, you read the papers every day, watch the TV, everyone's trying to sort themselves out first before they think of the others. And the ones down at the bottom are the ones struggling. On
2: onto, oh, sorry, sorry.
3: Onto, the, onto the actual football, Tony. Um, De- Declan Rice has been in the papers again, um, despite there being no football. He's been linked with a uh, move away. And obviously Tony Cotty last week, Said, um, said that you know, the, only way, the only thing West Ham can do at the moment is double his wages, keep him at the football club. Um, but then if you double his wages, then at least you protect the club and him and the value of the player. Uh, what do you think West Ham should do? Because some people are going 70 million quids, a lot of money for a club like West Ham. Other people are going, no, keep him regardless, build a team around him and then push for trophies, which is what he's going to want if he's going to stay. What do you think we should do about Declan Rice and all these rumours that are going on?
0: Well, ideally, I mean, Dex just signed a five-year contract or a four-year contract, I think. So, yeah. you know, I'm not sure what the money was. It was around about the 40, 45 grand mark. But obviously, he's one of the best holding central midfield players in the Premier League. So, when he looks at other clubs and he look at players relative in that position, he'll be thinking, oh, I'm better than him and he's on double my money and he's better, better than him and he's on treble my money and whatever. So, it's going to be a natural fault for Declan and his agent that he wants more money. West Ham should be giving it to people like Declan. I know they thought it was his first uh, so-called contract, big contract, so maybe kind of got away with it with a 45 grand mark. But I don't know if Declan will worry about the money so much because uh, I know in Declan, I think he'd worry about that he wants to play at the very, very top. So mm. my only worry would be, does Deck want to play Champions League football? Does he want to go back back for the team that he originally started with at Chelsea? Uh, and where would he where would he like to play? I do believe that we'll have Deck maybe this season and maybe one more season. This I think this is the virus is ensured maybe that Deck has to stay another year. Hopefully. I really hope he does stay. But you wouldn't begrudge the kid if he did move on to the, one of the top, top clubs, would you? Because I think like you could even be talking about and about the durfer talent at, at the position that he plays you know you could be talking about Barcelona's and real Madrid's being interested in deck's that, that good, believe you me, and he's that good a kid as well, a really good kid
2: that's, that's what I think Tony I think for by the sounds of it obviously you know him a little bit more certainly than than most and he strikes me from afar as you've touched on it there as the sort of person who knows that with the talent he's got the money will come whatever wherever he ends up and if he keeps doing what he's doing now the money will come won't it i think from a from a club point of view it seems now like you i agree i think the, the £40,000 a week or whatever was probably fair at the time. and But since then, he's stepped on again. You, It's easy to say he's one of West Ham's best players, but you've mentioned it he's one of the best players in that position in the whole league and, and perhaps Europe. So I think you've got to forget about how old he is or how long he's had this contract for. He's he's proving, albeit at a quick rate or quicker than some players, he's proving that he can cut it. And I think from from a club's point of view, do you think it would be it's one of those things where, even just as a gesture to say, look, we, we, you are our most important player, regardless of whether Declan wants it or not. Do you think it would be prudent from the club, as James mentioned there and Tony said last week, even just to protect his value?
0: Yeah, yeah. Just give him, put another year on his contract and come to that understanding. Look, if the top clubs do come in for you, we've got to take a price of X. Mm. I don't know, £70 million, £100 million whatever it is. But have that little, if you like, it won't be a gentleman's handshake because I don't think that happens in football now, but having it written into the contract, if a, if an offer of such comes in, then you can go. It's up to you. But yeah, definitely, it'll be, put. I would, I mean, I was lucky. I was in my first team at Fulham at 16. I was captain at 18. Declan's come in really early in, in in terms of how they play now, the young boys coming into teams. Well I'll be looking around that team and thinking, you know, the midfield players he's playing alongside, he's the best midfield player and he's probably the least paid midfield player at the football club as well. And you uh, know, bring in players like. Sorry,
2: cool. Go You've got Philippe Anderson on 140 grand a week. Sebastian Hallel, I think he's been all right, but he's in that sort of region. When you compare that yeah, yeah. to £40,000 a week and who contributes more to the team, it, it makes. Dex Road wages look a bit silly
0: doesn't it? it would be Declan it would be Declan and he's proved himself that you know it doesn't matter what you're on he still tries tries out because he's that type of kid he's that type of kid that is always going to give his best he's not going to be playing better because he's on 100 grand a week and not 45 grand a week but yes it would be a great gesture from the football club and I believe you're both right there in saying look we know what you're worth we know you're doing us a favour by staying Just stay this season, play this season out and next season and then you can kick on. And for his development, I think another season at West Ham, being kingpin after this season, I think will suit him down to the ground. There was a midfield player that I played with, was in this kind of position. He left a fraction early for me, Paul Ince. If he'd have stayed a season more, I think his development would have been even quicker at Man United. But, you know, I look at Declan and think... Same type of position, same type of player. Yeah, you you could be as good as Ince.
1: Tony, you talk about, obviously, players like Paul Wintz maybe moving too early. And then we're talking about Declan Rice and the talent he is. You've been in those dressing rooms and now with your work and still watching football now, the the work you do at Sky. How hard is it or how difficult is it for players today and the pressures they uh, they face? And how different is it from your day with the social media and the constant press headlines, how hard is it for them today?
0: Yeah, social media is a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Um, we wouldn't have got away with what we got away with anyway. But <laughs> I don't think, think McIverney would have, would he? Call so uh, uh, No, it is a, it is a nightmare. Uh, the pressures, look, I don't think it's pressure, is it? You're doing something you love and you're just adjusting to... The world as it is now. They've grown up with social media, all these boys. I mean, I didn't grow up with it. I'm still trying to get used to it now, quite honestly. But it's one of those things where you've got to be so careful. Even myself, when I'm out, you know, and you're snapped or whatever, you're doing a selfie and you come home and your missus went, Oh, you didn't tell me you was going down there. And I go, Oh. And then I think, Oh, hold on a minute. how she know that one. Like, you know, Oh, yeah, someone had a photo of me down there. Well, you've got to be careful, haven't you? Or you got your arm around someone in a pub young lady comes up you got your arm round it, and then all of a sudden if you're a footballer now you're banging trouble if you're a silly old man like me you get away with it didn't you but <laughs> it's uh, it, it is it, it is so so dangerous and you you got to be you've got to be careful the boys have got to be careful but they've grown up with it so they're used to it and and I don't think it's anything that we couldn't have handled to be quite honest you just grow up with what you what you're with didn't you are with do not you
3: Tony, so one one man at West Ham, I think, has has been quite a, a good influence on Declan Rice, um, is David Moyes. And when he came back to the club, a lot of people sort of undenied where he was the right man for the job. You know, it was a little bit embarrassing very embarrassing for us to sort of go back to him after pe- um, we got rid of him for Pellegrini. Um, what do you make of Moyes' chances of taking the club forward? Um, to where we all want it to be, which is at least battling in the top half of the table, going on cut runs um, and, you know, eventually battling for Europe. Do you think he's the right man to take us on?
0: Yeah, I do. I don't think you should be thinking of him like people do think of him now as like a kind of Sam Allardyce come in, save the club from going down like we did last time and he, he will do it, I'm convinced, this time. Uh, give him a chance to have a nice full season of it, get the signings that he wants, get rid of the people that he wants, more importantly, because he's had a little, uh, little bit of time there before where a lot of these players were there. And now, and he knows who the good ones are and who the bad ones are, not just uh, on the playing side, but also in and around the dressing room, how the team spirit is, who's the bad eggs, who's the good ones. So it is more difficult these times when you've got a lot of foreign players about. But he knows he's got to have people like Mark Noble about. He knows he's got to have Declan about. He knows he's got to have these these solid kind of people about that that's gonna sort of he can go to in that dressing room and say like, you know, can you do this, can you do that, can you sort this out and that out? Now I think Moisey is is gonna be okay for us, I do. And I really think he should be given that chance, considering that we give the chance to Pellegrini. And for me, it wasn't at all a good appointment. It was what everybody thought was a sexy appointment. And in effect, I thought the guy retired because he'd gone to China to manage. And when you go to China to manage, after you've been to Man City, you kind of retire. And we paid him the earth to come to West Ham. And it wasn't good. We never looked like we were tactically set up against teams. He looked like... He got a Man City. He wasn't Man City, but he looked like he just put a lot of players out there. He went, go on, go out there and play, boys. We got the best players. That's all right, Man City, but not a West Ham, where you've got to stop teams as well as create against teams.
2: Yeah, I'd, I make you right on that. I think, as we've seen with David Moyes, with some of his signings, he looks like he wants to make. Jared Bowen being the, the prime example of that, that he wants to build a young, hungry team with players with something to prove. So hopefully no more Sami Nasri's, no more Javier Hernandez's. I think Zabaleta's probably the only one of those who's, who's worked out to an extent in recent times. And I think Pellegrini fell into that category a bit, didn't he? You say there he'd won the league, he'd gone off to China. What more did he really have to, oh, I can get West Ham into 10th. Although it'd be great for everyone who follows a club. For him, the motivation I felt had gone. Mark Noble... Came out earlier this week, uh, speaking on Sky and mentioned, he was asked whether that age old question, would you like to be the West Ham manager one day? And quite an interesting response Mark gave was that I can see why people ask that question. However, having seen Slavin Bilic most recently and, you know, when the fans were on him a bit, how much that really devastated him because he was a fan's favourite as a player and that he wouldn't mind being in some sort of like director of football role, a bit more behind the scenes and being a bit more in charge of what the club do and strategy and recruitment, that sort of thing. Is that something you could you could see Mark doing long-term?
0: Yeah, I think it depends about Mark's desire, you know, and it always depends on the player's desire now when they've earned so much money in their football career that they can sit on their backside doing nothing when they finish. So I, I do think he's that kind of lad that he's going to want to, be involved in football. I do think he's got a lot of friends in and around the game, a lot of contacts, like we all we all have because we've been in it all the years, whether it's you know me playing and media or Mark playing and coaching, you've got to know the ins and outs now. It's not just about knowing about players, you've got to know about agents, you've got to know about coaches, you've got to know about everything. And basically keeping in touch with the fans as well, that's important. So the more West Ham faces you have in and around it, the better for me. Uh, Whether Mark sees himself as a top administrator or I'm not, I don't know. I don't know whether he knows what that probably entails in that job, because I know guys in those positions themselves and it's not as easy as it sounds, you know, but if he fancies that, good luck to him. You know, I certainly wouldn't begrudge him having a go because I would like West Ham people about, there's plenty of West Ham guys, ex-players, that could have been him retained in that role as well. And uh, you see Sir Trevor sitting there every week. What a waste. What an absolute waste. You see Billy Bonds had a name stand after him, a uh, stand named after him, what, last season, was it? And, blimey, how long's Bonzo been there? That should have been the first thing that's happened. Could have called it the Billy Bonds Stadium, if you like, couldn't you? Mm. Bonzo's like, a massive hero. But then all of a sudden we realise it's, you know, maybe Mark might be that person that we recognise that fact that we need someone, and he might be at the right place at the right time. Good luck to him if he wants to go in on it, and uh, I'm sure he put his all into it.
3: Tony, just move on to your time at the club, and we talk about legends. Obviously, the boys of '86 are. Are uh, sort of revered at the club as you know, as Cubs best ever league season. Um, but towards the end of that season, and it kind of relates to sort of modern modern times now, and that I think you were forced to play what nine games in April because of you know, there was a lot of games cancelled. With what eight or nine games left to play in this Premier League season, what was that like having to play so many games in such a short space of time? But then I mean, I think you only lost one of those nine games as well.
0: Yeah, if we were losing, it might have been a lot harder but we were winning and uh, the winning thing takes the adrenaline and we hardly changed the team either. If you have a look at it, we probably in those nine games played about 13 players. Yeah. Uh, Times have changed a little bit. Uh, Players don't play now if they get in a little niggle and the physios tell them they're in the red zone or the amber zone and they're about to get injured. Well, In our day, you were either injured or you weren't injured. You know, you don't get told you're going to get injured or you feel tired. Someone told me, Oh, you look, you're feeling tired and all that. I go, Oh, you start feeling tired, didn't you? But someone come up to Tony, you're playing really great at the moment. I want another 90 minutes out of you on Tuesday night. I know we played on Sunday, but we're playing Tuesday. Yes, you get get it going again. And what happens is you get that the team stay together more. You end up cruising through games because it's a lot better. You make lots of changes. Everything gets a little bit, you know, little bit haggard, and the shape goes from the team. And you know, you play wide players out of position; they're too narrow. And then you play narrow players; they're not wide enough. You play two up front; you play one up front. It's it's a it's a slightly different game now. And I'm lucky. My uh, what I do, boys, I you know, I'm going through all the Premier League teams and watch it all. But there's loads of times I think, God, just pick your best team. Don't get clever, please. Don't get clever. Just pick your best team. I don't care whether anyone's upset or whatever. Keep them on the bench and play that best 11. And Then, if they get injured, bring someone in. Because we basically know what West Ham's best 11 is, isn't it? But they're trying to keep everyone happy all the time after time, aren't they? Well, that's,
2: that's what I was just going to say. Did you... Because obviously the squads were, I'd imagine, a lot smaller when, when you were playing. Do you feel that managers now, it is as much that? That they just feel they have to... Because even in even in the cups, every season the football narrative is the same, isn't it? Fans of clubs, especially like West Ham, Everton, Wolves, they all do the classic thing rolls out every year. Ah, oh, West West Ham should be trying to go for a cup, as if you know all the other teams, Man City and Liverpool, don't fancy them. They all still go out and win them every year, don't they? Mm-hmm. And you know you always roll out a team of of the the B team players, if you will. Do you think that? In your day, it was easier to do that because the the mindset was, no, these are our best 11 players. If you're a sub, you're with this club because you're a sub in that role, unless you prove to me that you're good enough. Whereas nowadays, everyone feels they have the right to play.
0: Yeah, I mean, in that season, I played all 42. I missed didn't miss a game. I played all 42 games. I think I played in all the League Cup games. I think we had a decent run in that. And I think we got to the quarter final with the FA Cup. And we had two replays. ...against Ipswich and one against Sheffield Wednesday. So there's quite a few games we played. But, you know, I thrived on it. And and I think the boys should thrive on it as well. I think someone like Declan and Mark, they would thrive on it. Just question some of the attitudes that come some of the foreign boys at times. And it's all up here, half of it, isn't it? It's like in your mind and you're thinking, oh, you know, I I can't have another game. You can't have... Yes, you can. Come on. Come on, let's have a little bit more out here. Yeah, the, the squads were smaller in those days... But I think it, I suppose it made it a little bit easier for managers. And the cup thing, boys, oh, as fans of which I'm one, it drives me absolute potty. These cups were there for the taking, especially in the last couple of seasons, and we get knocked out. And we get proper knocked out to ropey teams as well. And they go, oh, well, oh, yeah, well, you know, if they're not good enough, these players, they're squad players, they should have been. Now, I'll tell you what, get 3 0 up and then take the players off. Then rest them when you're two and three up. Don't go to these teams and get Oxford, Wimbledon, get turned over. Not just turned over, get proper beat as well, don't they? Get proper beat. Mm. Kind of embarrassing, but you know your best times as supporters and my best times since I've you know finished playing and followed the club. Playoff finals, semi-finals. Brilliant, isn't it? What would a That's... cup final do? Yeah, no, no, you'd it. be a hero for life for as a manager, wouldn't you? God, hey? absolutely.
2: And we had we had Dean Ashton on a couple of weeks ago, and we were chatting to him, and he said, you know, he wasn't a West Ham fan growing up or anything like that. And he said that was one of the greatest days, if not the greatest day, of his career. It was his best favourite goal he scored, even though it was a scrappy and horrible. And we were talking about Pardew, and you know, has done a great deal since. Certainly, nothing that much better than he did at West Ham and yet he's still one of my favourite managers of all time just because he bought us that experience. So I definitely, definitely know what you mean on that one. We're, um, just to move on, Tony, we had a couple of listener questions in earlier on. We try and keep everyone uh, engaged. So we had one from Mark in Wickford in Essex, and along the lines of what we were talking about just then, and he says, was the 85-86 season the best team you ever played in and why do you think we didn't push on the next season, which we also spoke to Tony about last season, uh, last week, sorry. So I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, uh, good question. Was it the best team that I played in? Yes. I uh, did play in the Blackburn team that uh, won the league. And I, I, I've always said, and you know, I know Blackburn had Shearer and Sutton, but we have McIverney and Cotty. But for sheer excitement, quality of football, the West Ham team, that I played in that came third, I, I enjoyed and I thought was a better team than the Blackburn team that actually won it. And I enjoyed my football a lot more. Blackburn, we chiselled out results with were really to beat. We had a great front two. Played some good football at times. But West Ham, we played some unbelievable football that season. You boys have been still in your cots. You know, you'd have to... You'd, you'd been, your dads would have been sticking dummies in your mouth, boys. You wouldn't have been watching that. But you'd have liked it. We was actually going our way to grounds, our supporters, not thinking, knowing we're going to win. You know, going mm. to places like Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, you know, we were giving everyone a game. You know, not like now where they're rolling over, playing weakened teams and just trying to keep the score down against Man City and Liverpool and when they're playing them. But yeah, great, great, great time. So, yeah, that was the best team that I think I ever played in. Yeah, good, nice question from him as well. I hope he was there watching, yeah.
3: Tony, one from JRS on, on Twitter. Who was the most underrated player and who was the best player you played with at West Ham?
0: Most underrated player, that's a good question. Uh, not by the players, but by the fans, was Alan Dickens, who was a quality player. He, he sort of came through the ranks same time as TC. Uh, they played in the same youth team together. So imagine that, like having two players like that coming through the youth system, unbelievable academy. Uh, he was the most underrated player. The best player was Alan Devonshire, without a doubt. Uh, Devo was like different class. Again, you boys probably wouldn't have seen him live. Uh, but oh, honestly, people don't do it now. I mean, you see Philippe Anderson make one run every four games where he goes, through, goes past the person or something like that. Dev used to run from box to box. And people just backing off right to the tackle. If you see old videos of him in the mud, getting whacked and clipped and getting up and just getting on with it, getting tackles in. But when he had the ball, he was just absolutely so graceful. Uh, there was different class. It was, it's funny because i get it asked wherever I go. So three clubs, I had the good fortune, well, four clubs, but three, one of them only played three games, Palace. So... Uh, George Best was at Fulham the best player I played with then Devo at West Ham and uh, then Shearer at Blackburn three so different players you know so different players but you know when they've got that little bit of something like afterwards you think how do he do that God I can't do that most players I think or I even watch now I can see the pass or whatever when I'm up in the stands There's not many players where you go oh me, where'd he get that one from like Kevin De Bruyne with a pass and Dev was like that playing you give him the ball and like he knew when to play one touch, he knew whether or run at people, and it just created so much space for the likes of Tony and Frank, because they were doubling up and sometimes troubling up on him. But he knew when to release it as well. So clever. You wouldn't recognise him now, boys. He looks like looks like Alan Devinchee's granddad. He looks so old. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I saw him, uh, out, of I saw him all of this, out
0: of all of us he's aged the most I've got
2: to say <laughs> I am um, it's, it's fun don't get me started on Felipe Anderson Tony especially when you're comparing him to wingers like Alan Devonshire you'll have me on here all day and there'll be steam coming out my ears before you know it but t- Tony thanks very much for, for staying with us for as long as you have we really do appreciate it. one thing and you'll know obviously already through Tony Cotty is the We Are West Ham refer a friend scheme so be Janka Westwood pass us on to Tony. Tony pass us on to you. And what we've come up with a couple of ideas of who we feel you might know that we'd love to have on the show. And you can tell us if we're wide of the mark or not. I was thinking Ian Bishop, Martin Allen, Trevor Morley, or Steve Lomas. I'm not sure if their names in your contact book. And if they're not, perhaps there's anyone else you think of uh, West Ham related who would be a great guest on our show. Yeah,
0: they're all there. I mean, Trevor's stuck out in Norway now. Bish is in America. Mad Dog, I don't know where he is, he's probably barking up a tree somewhere. <laughs> uh, and who was the other one? Sorry,
2: uh, Steve Lomas was the last one. I know you do some bits at Lomi. the club with Steve. Oh,
0: I'll tell you what, all four cracking fellas, cracking fellas. And Mark Ward is a friend of mine as well. I was going to recommend, but uh, whatever one you think, boys. I think the other two might be more difficult being there abroad, so I'll give Lomiel or, or Mad Dog a ring. You choose.
2: Well, I reckon Steve Lomas would be a brilliant name. We're lucky enough to Charlie and all of us work with Martin on the the radio show we used to do, or radio station, we used to do this show on beforehand. So hopefully we can get Martin Allen. But if you could get Steve Lomas for us, that'd be absolutely fantastic.
0: I'll give him a try out of ginger
1: nut. See if he come on, eh? <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> Cheers, Tony. We really appreciate you coming on tonight and giving us a little bit of your time. We know you are cheesed us just as much as us, but thanks for giving us half an hour of your time. <laughs> yeah,
0: no worries, boys. Sorry I didn't let you get a word in.
1: Well, if tonight wasn't a special episode enough, what with Tony Gale joining us for extended lockdown chat, talking all of his memories and what is going on at the club, we know you've stayed around because Tony Gale is not enough. Because if that was a heavyweight guest, this is the heavyweight finale. It is the Rogue Players Mystery West Ham quiz. Cannot wait for this one. As always, before we get into what's happened over the last few weeks, what we can expect tonight, we go to our resident scorer, it is Will Pugh, maybe the man with the momentum as well at the minute, Will, what are the latest standings?
2: Ah, to be honest Charlie, I'll get to them in a minute but the, the nerves and the tension is just crippling, I think last week when I was 14-12 down now I'm back to 14 All oh, obviously at that stage though like you say, you know that phrase you got nothing to play for, you'd said it yourself that you thought I was dead and buried I think in the back of my mind I always had a flickering of a chance I could come back obviously now I've made it back to 14 all overall on game weeks and the scores though James nicking in a 1-2-1 last week devastating two answers before James had even guessed I'd taken the win but Jonesy nicking in with Nicky Maynard to make it a 2-1 victory to me last week rather than 3-0 which means the scores at the moment I have 14 all on game weeks with two game weeks left. But James is nipping me 43-41 on goal difference. So now I'm back in it. The nerves have got hold of me even more. And people at home might think I'm just joking or just saying that as part of the show. But this is the 29th week that me and James have done this (laughs) quiz together. 29 weeks. And the fact there's two left and we're this much closer to there being an overall winner. It, it means more to me than it probably should or than is probably healthy, to be quite honest. You
3: just, you, you just don't want to buy me a pint at the end of it, do you? <laughs>
2: that's, that's the only reason. It's nothing to do with morale or pride. I just don't want yeah. to spend 30 quid.
1: <laughs> it's unbelievable. There has been 28 editions of this brilliant game, the 29th tonight. Who would have thought, if we take it back, James, that with two to go it would be 14 apiece. You know, no one, one in front, two in front, maybe five in, in front and completely out of sight. But with two to go, it will go to the wire, whoever wins tonight. James, that is absolutely crazy. But what is really, really coming down to now, that goal difference and maybe your answer last week, maybe that could prove absolutely pivotal.
3: Yeah, at the time when I guessed it, I wasn't didn't really think think that deep into it. I was just quite glad that I had a chance to have a guess because Will was so quickly out of the blocks. Last <laughs> week. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just looking at the scores now on paper and it might turn out to be pivot- pivotal in, in how this ends. Um, two weeks left, including this one. Um, I'm not going to say any more about what a, a result oh, would on. mean tonight um for either of us just because that really backfired at me last week when i started battering, mm. battering for about how, if i won three nil this three nil that so uh it's got tense for me as well i'm not that worried if i have to spend 30 quid on well i don't really mind it upsets me that <laughs> that is the, the biggest
2: about. lie that there's ever been told um, on the we are west Ham podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's a very modest approach from james he obviously is He remembers last week, he tries to forget it because obviously Will was rapid out of those blocks. James, remember, when I say the game is about to start, that is when you need to take part as well. Because last (laughs) week, it just felt like it was Will Pugh flying solo. Boys, you know the rules. Three players, five clues apiece. They're meant to get easier. Shout out to our guru, our chief leader, Mr. Reese, obviously, for doing the quiz, as he does every week. Uh, Just a brilliant, brilliant guy. And uh, what an addition to the show this is. He did say as well, just a prelude, that Will might not be happy with a couple of the players tonight. What will that mean? But you know it is. It's player number one, clue number one. Guys, get your buzzers ready. Get those shout-outs in because we know Will is on a hot streak. Player number one, clue number one. Began their professional career at Tottenham Hotspur. Only played five games for West Ham. Returned to West Ham as a physio.
2: John
3: Green? Shirt.
1: Incorrect. Harry Lewin? Incorrect. Shirt number five. Had his leg broken in training by Julian Dix. Stumped you. Stumped you on the fifth and final clue. It's not Adrian Whitbread, is it? It's not, no. I'm going to give you a quick recap of those five clues. Clue number one, began their professional career at Tottenham. Clue number two, only played five games for West Ham. Clue number three, returned to West Ham as a physio. Clue number four, Richard Hall incorrect clue number four shirt number five and that last clue had his leg broken in training by julian dix oh you boys what's going on here reese Bayliss once again a stunt you? scott mean that is incorrect james do you have anyone on I'm the tipping. tip of
3: your tongue I'm good at shirt numbers, and this one's thrown me. Shirt number five
1: there. All right, player number one is in the bank. We're moving on to player number two. keep this contest alive. The boys are being a little bit cagey. It means a lot. They're not quite sure. Do you know at home, did you get it before them as we roll on to player number two? And this is clue number one. Becand, became the 800th player in West Ham's history when he joined in 2009 was voted the runner-up Hammer of the Year in 2010. Scored eight goals for West Ham. Diamenti? And that is correct. And it is 1-0 to Will Pugh. And he has, again, flying out those blocks. Maybe not flying because this is play number two.
3: I thought the Hang on. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah.
1: go, uncle. I was going to say yeah, it. during the war. During see, the war.
3: I, I was waiting for. I was game. waiting for the third clue before I said anything, right. and he beat me to it.
1: Just before we get on to player number three, this is a game where I give you clues of a player, and the idea to win this game is to shout those players out. So, do you want to wait, James? <laughs> you know, we'll see how I'll it never works. Never learn. Never learn. This is player number three. Uh, Will could get a victory here tonight and he's actually clawing back the goal difference as we speak player number three player number three clue number one made nine appearances for West Ham has been caretaker manager of Sunderland on three occasions shirt number 20 a Scottish international Melky Mackay incorrect last clue no played over 70 games for Middlesbrough in the Premier League oh come on boys I got this one we're going to give you a recap they've stumped on player 1 and 3 tonight maybe you got the hat trick if you are listening if you are listening you can always give us your clues as well by emailing and tweeting us uh Player number three, clue number one. Made nine appearances for West Ham. Was caretaker manager of Sunderland three times. Shirt number 20. James said those are his favourite clues. Haven't delivered tonight. This guy was a Scottish international. Played over 70 games for Middlesbrough in the Premier League. That's the clue that I got it on. This stumps. Do you want... The final bonus clue that I normally gives you the initials. Yeah. James? Do it. I have to get it from all parties. We'll have a steward's otherwise. James, do you agree Just to the it. initials? Come on. Yeah, go on, then. James, Right, the initials for player three where you lot have failed so far is R.S. Robbie Stuart? That is correct, James, and it is 1 1. What was it? Robbie Stockdale. Blimey. And it is 1-1, which means, Ooh. weirdly, just as we went in tonight with 14 all we go back to player number one at one all for the evening. They just cannot be separated, these two. This not only is for that point, but this is for the victory, the W, tonight. We go for a quick recap before the initials. Player number one. Began their professional career at Spurs. Played five games for West Ham. Returned to West Ham as a physio. Who came back, boys? In the medical department. Shirt number five. And do you remember hearing anything, any training ground bust-ups or accidents when Julian Dix broke this guy's leg in training? No. Go on. We're going to do it. We're going to do it, James. Are you ready for clue? bonus clue number six, which is the initials? You ready, Jonesy? You got it on the last one. And this guy's initials are SW. SW. Wow. SW. You cannot get it from initials. What is going on? SW. SW. Are you two kidding me? I I can't give you the first name.
2: I think this is, could be a Paolo Alves all over again.
1: This guy was Steve a defender. Walsh. No, this guy was a defender. Started career at Spurs. Come back as a physio. His other clubs played for Huddlesfield mainly. 110 games. Played for Cholton Athletic. 125 games. Had loan spells at Old and Derby. Ended his career at St. Albans. Went on loan to Norwich Exeter was a defender.
2: Centre half? Jonesy's just Come googling. On.
1: Is, is, was born in 1964, is 56. What? Yeah. Uh, Steve Walsh? I may, I may, if you can't get it, we may have to call tonight a draw and go on to the last week. I think maybe that's what it is. We could be 14 all with one point each and going into the last week, guys. If you can't get it, you can't get it.
2: Simon Watson. You've been stumped.
1: It's so close, but no, it is so close. That would be. Well, you were good... literally.
2: I'll take the draw, if you will, Jonesy.
1: Draw? I think it only wraps up next week.
2: Steve Walsh?
1: Probably know when Will's already guessed that, and I've already said that his previous guess was really close.
2: Simon Wallace?
1: <laughs> no, you're going further away nah, from Nah,
2: call it a draw. Call
1: yeah,
2: it a draw. draw.
3: Yeah, the draw. so disappointing.
1: Which means, and maybe we need to get this guy on because he's been the roguest of rogue players. Is player number one. Come on down. It is Simon Webster.
2: Nah. I, I think, once Don't again, one, like once he's again, on the re- show next week. Reese has gone for a Paulo Alves week there, isn't he? I think... Oh,
1: dear! I mean, shout out to Simon, who's just a really lovely guy. And uh, does a, he's great at his job. Uh, I personally want to get Simon on.
2: That's a, that's a bit of an anti-climax, that, Charlie, to be honest with you.
1: Well, it means that the scores are 14-14. But, Will, what does this do to the point standing?
2: Well, a... Uh, Unfortunately, I feel like I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage here and it's 14 all on game weeks and Mm. 44-42 overall. But I think, Charlie, if uh, it might be a suggestion, what I think we might do is have a word with Reese and ask him to do four players next week. So the very first No, because if you
1: win next week, you've won 15-14. It doesn't matter. And what's sweeter about that, Will, is if you win next week, 2-1, you would win even though you would have got less points than James. 2-1 would mean James is still in front on points, but it doesn't matter. You have beaten him on game weeks. That is an incentive there for you, my friend. Don't worry about the points, Will. You just need victory next week. This (laughs) is a showdown. This is the FA Cup final. This is, I can't we're not believe, you more
3: minutes. I can't believe you've even considered wanting to change the rules. I
1: know. I <laughs> believe in the last week. I can't believe it. That's, no, I'm not What's having going it. on here? No, Come in, on, I mean, mate. In the, in the 30th edition, you want to change the rules. No,
2: no. I, w- I was suggesting that we do four <laughs> players next week and that the first no. one was to decide the win for this week, which could have obviously played into Jonesy's hands as well, because he could have, with a win no, tonight, no,
1: this he is could a have all been
2: confirmed. Happens. But,
1: yeah, but but it goes on to next week. You just need that victory, Will. Look, he's already sweating. James is calm, cool, collected.
2: That's it. E- everything to play for next week. Fourteen all. The very last week, and it's a it's a winner takes all situation.
1: Well, I've had a look at um, Betfair. James is currently evens for the win, probably because of the hissy fit you've just thrown, Will. James looked cool, <laughs> and you are six to four now. Just you've just gone out to seven to four for the win, Will.
2: Well, wow, it doesn't really matter. It just makes next week even bigger and better, doesn't it?
1: It does. It's going to be a big week. Tonight was a big week. Tony Gow coming on. It's International Nurses Day. If you're a nurse and you're listening, we appreciate all the work you're doing. If you've got family who are in that, we really appreciate you at this time. We really appreciate all the listeners and obviously Tony Gow and hopefully more special guests in the next few weeks, James.
3: Yeah, hopefully. Um It'd be good to see uh, Tony Gale you follow send up in with. some WhatsApps. Yeah, I'm going to send a few WhatsApps. If Tony Gale can get Steve Lomas or Mark Ward or whatever, whoever he can get in touch with, um, I'm going to go to work on a few of the other guys that I've got in my WhatsApp list and, and see if I can get some more. Um, I've I've got a few other interviews lined up next week, so let's see if I can maybe put a word in on a few of them.
1: Yeah, and normally. I'll give the last word to the winner there wasn't a winner so we'll give both of you a chance James just spoke then Will obviously another good show Tony on a disappointing draw thoughts into next week
2: Brilliant to have Tony go and once again I think just important to say thanks to Bianca Westwood for passing us on to Tony Cotty thanks to Tony Cotty for passing us on to Tony Gow and hopefully we'll be thanking Tony Gow at this time next week for passing us on to another esteemed West Ham guest just want to say thanks again really to everyone who's listening at home Charlie everyone's having differing sorts of times at the moment some people having it a bit rougher than others some people luckily like me and um I think Jonesy as well sort of having it having an okay time of things at the moment um so you know obviously brilliant having you with us still Charlie and we're still really enjoying the show but Definitely tune in next week, if not for the guests, but for the grand finale of the We Are West Ham quiz, where it really is all to play for. The 29th week into, no, 30th week, 30th, sorry. 30th, In total, 30 weeks, all building up to this. We were hoping for a, a decider tonight. Poor from me and James, not knowing someone who played five games for West Ham. Still don't know what year it is, but uh, no, absolutely brilliant. So thanks for everyone who's listening. Keep doing it. Keep getting in touch. We Are West Ham pod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. We are underscore West Ham on Twitter. We've got a TikTok now. Go and find us on there. And we've also launched or soft launched our YouTube channel, which again is We Are West Ham podcast. We're in the process of uploading some of our old episodes with some particularly esteemed guests from our archive. And then you'll be able to listen and watch to all the le- episodes we've done from home over the next few weeks. So bear with us on the YouTube, but we're across all different platforms now. And uh, yeah, really enjoying it at the moment, mate And just so just thanks to everyone for listening at home And, and stay with us
1: Yeah, uh, couldn't echo that anymore uh, We really look forward to next week Maybe the quiz might be earlier Who knows, it may be an extended one Because well, maybe we'll know the answers the Oh, he, he just he can't he can't he can't do it, can he? Just can't let it be. But this has been We Are West Ham. We will see you next week. The guys, they won't sleep. Who knows? Maybe I'll plan something special for them. But keep staying in touch, keep listening. We will see you next week. It's been Will Pugh, James Jones, and me, Charlie Hawkins, up the hammers. <laughs>
0: Hello there, I'm Tony Gao and you are listening to We Are West Ham Podcast.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.